Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. How did you almost die? Tale of Two Dance. I was being dumb in a tree stand and uh, oh, knew yeah. that story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lost, Sorry. My, lost my tether. I fell out of a, my saddle this year, or off the platform, but I was tethered properly. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, so between the two of us, we'd all our mistakes, somebody definitely would have died. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're tethered properly. This ad brought to you by the Hunter Safety Administration. I don't know. Is that a thing? There is a thing. There's like a that. tree stand. Yeah. Tree stand safety or something like that. Yeah, yeah there's a. There's all those like brands a work with governing it. body. Yeah, and I think they're working on that for saddle hunting. They too. are. Yeah. yeah. So that that's coming, which is good. Like to get under the same uh, regulation. I think it's such a new thing. They haven't really got a group that's governing it yet. Anyways, we kind of like half rolled into this uh i feel like everybody's a little sleepy today fumbled into it yeah i'm cutting back my coffee so i'm i'm like mm. a third third brained right now i feel like not myself so are um, you jittery no it's the i get sloggy mm. it's like a my and, and in the afternoon i just feel sleepy so usually when i cut back i know i'm experiencing withdrawals because my eyelid will Oh, see, that was, I only get the twitch on, like, cup number five. Uh, that's when I usually get over-caffeinated enough to start twitching. No, this is when I come down. Yeah, I know. Like I'm I saying start. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Oh. Like, I only twitch when I've had too much. Yeah. Uh, I, when I'm like this, I just feel I feel sick and tired. Like, I just want to go lay down. So, How long that is that going to last, do you think? I don't know. Your whole life. No. <laughs> I don't know. I've cut back before. I've cut completely before, back when I used to do it for deer season. I don't do it anymore. But what were you up to? Like, how many cups a day are we uh, talking? Don't worry about it. Listen, it's... No, the... the it was like a... Members want to know. <laughs> at least four, sometimes five, and then sometimes another one in the afternoon, if somebody here made a fresh pot. Did you hear, speaking of fresh pots, did you hear about... We had some uh, some visitors at the office, which is which is rare for us to have outsiders in the office. And Jacob and Braden went to that fishing expo thing and left the office. Jacob made a pot of coffee, I guess, left the office. And you guys down that that pot of coffee with the guests. And Donovan comes down. He's like, "Hey, we need more coffee. Can you guys make it?" And Eric and I looked at each other. <laughs> and like, like, you don't know how to make that. coffee. Well, we we do, but not to the standards of special guests. Oh, right. Like, well, Jacob Jacob makes it, and it's usually very strong when Jacob makes it. And I've learned that Chris is like a step above Jacob because Chris just like no matter how much he's making, seems to fill it to the top with coffee, which is way too much for even a full pot. Uh, so Chris, Chris is, is like, it's like drinking three espresso shots in a cup. Well, we had to call Jacob and ask him to walk us through <laughs> we, how to make a good pot of coffee. We That's called it. Jacob and I go, I whispered because you guys were upstairs. I was like, Hey Jacob, how do you make the coffee? Oh my and gosh. We were giggling. We were just giggling. Like, yeah. Well, Donovan just was like two scoops for every one cup. And the only scoop we could find was like a or one cup, they, one scoop for every two cups is what they he said. almost brought up coffee flavored tea like that's what you all were about to get speaking of coffee uh my buddy 
Zach from Wildland reached out and he's like, hey, can I give you guys the coffee for Uncensored? Because uh, he's, he's seen us drinking. And I was like, yeah, sure. So, Those are the coffee pods. Yeah, they're oh, awesome. Cool. Um, he's, they're, they're, they're not just pods. Like a lot of brands have the pods that they can drop in. But there's a couple problems with that. You either got to fish it out with your fingers or a utensil. Um, and then if you throw it in a Yeti or something, it's going to plug the lid. His is a tea bag. So you have a string. You can drop it in. Eight minutes mm. later, it is seriously like French press quality coffee. It is so good. So he's going to send us some of that to, to have on the show. Cool. It is an awesome product. He's a he's a startup. So if you want to look him up, I think his website's wildland.co. Co. Uh, ch- check out Zach. I love his product. I've been talking to, I've been trying to help him a little bit with things. I just talking to him here and there as he gets his brand off the ground, but it's growing like crazy. Uh, my buddy that is a coffee snob said it was good coffee. Well, the, he works with one of the top roasters in the country. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's fantastic Starbucks. coffee. No, <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks coffee. Like Starbucks coffee. It's actually like they, they I, what I've learned is they apparently do such large roasting that it, they can't make it not super acidic. Mm. Like the, is that, it tastes like, chemi- there's like a certain taste Starbucks, like a chemical. It's taste. I think they burn the crap out of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. I, I do not like their black coffee. Like they're, I would rather, no kidding, probably have a cup of black from McDonald's than Starbucks. McDonald's mm. does, I think they have really good coffee. Yeah, they like black coffee. Money yeah. On it. yeah. And uh, th- so anyway, Zach is going to give us a little pick me up. So I might have to restart my caffeine addiction. So, mm. you know, to be able to drink mm-hmm. a couple extra cups of that delicious nectar of the gods. What'd you guys do this weekend? You scouted, right? Scouted. I yeah. was supposed to scout. I, um, my story fell apart real fast. I'll tell you in a second. I had uh, camera batteries die. So I needed to go, put new batteries in it and I decided to just move that camera to the new farm because we haven't had any cameras running out there um and in the process I wanted to move the camera to an area where I think I'm gonna turkey hunt like set up new property or yeah the new farm okay and so I did that moved the camera I actually did a little bit of shed hunting while I was getting the camera and kind of checking checking the beds um the bedding areas and the the other farm and just kind of walking through and moved that camera over to the new farm, but where I wanted to put it, I don't have a good tree. So I may actually steal that fence. Did it get thrown away? That one fence post? No, it's post? out in the garage. In the I garage. may steal that one fence post that we had laying around. The broken one. Because um, I don't have a good tree to set this camera up on, but it's it's a there's a creek bed. There's like a prairie on one side of the valley and then a field with a tree line and another huge field on the other side. And so I'm thinking I can hopefully find some turkeys roosting along that creek bed. There's great lump that like trees around there. So anyways, I was going to move a camera there. Didn't have a great spot. So I ended up moving it over close to where I shot that buck this past fall, just cause there's a ton of traffic and I figure I might as well see what's roaming through there. Did some shed hunting out there. Didn't see anything still I mean, I am shocked at how, like, it looks like a four-wheeler or maybe a, like a a two-wheeled, four-wheel-sized tire had just driven through this one area um, near that creek where deer have just mm. beat it all to hell. Like, there's just a lot of activity mm. back there. So, I'm hoping that camera will catch something cool. There was a doe on it this morning and uh, no turkeys, 
no footprints, no feathers. So I still am kind of at a loss for, for what I'm going to do. Turkey you should season. go out like one morning at sunrise yeah. and yeah, yeah, hit them with some crow calls or something. Uh, yeah. And the good thing about that property is it's an old cow pasture, cow farm. And so there's rolling hills and there's big open fields and then trees on one perimeter side of it. Pretty good size, you know, wooded parcel. And so I'm thinking I can get up on the top of that hill and be able to hear really well into the, the woods. So yeah. it has potential, but, you know, I'm just going into it blind, not knowing people that own the property. Before. Yeah. From what I've seen on that one, the problem with yours is probably gonna be like mine. Like the, the it's a small, I mean, say smaller, like sub 100 acres, right? Yep. Yeah. So, 50, yeah. So it's like they, on those tree lines, they got so many different avenues they can go. That's what happens at my property every year. Like n- nine out of 10 times they go up into the other property, which after talking to Derek, I've realized it's because there's cows over there. Derek was talking about how they like to go up and flip the cow patties over. And I never thought about that. I don't know where those cows are, but I can hear them. So, and, well, that's the other great thing. So where that Creek runs through and then kind of cuts one corner of the property where I shot my deer is 20 yards from a cow pasture. Mm-hmm. So from the thicker woods, there's a creek and some protection that they can go along to get over to the cow pasture. And so I'm, I'm just hoping. You might have luck on the evening hunts, man. That, that's what I tried last year. And cause I, I couldn't catch them on the way out. I couldn't get in close enough. Well, I could, but I'm like, they're definitely going to go the other direction if I come in. Cause I have a, it's about a quarter mile walk down into the creek where they roost and it's noisy as I'll get out getting in there. And, uh, last year when I started evening hunting it, when they come back from the cow pasture, that's when I started really getting good birds. Yeah. So what's, what's the deal with the cow patty? They, they flip, Derek said they flip them up and they'll eat all the bugs and everything that kind of get under Mm -hmm. there. I mean, just like flipping a rock. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what Derek was saying. I'd never heard that. Uh, I I trust Derek though. So that seems, that would be, that would make sense on why they're going up to that property so consistently versus Mm -hmm. mine. Cause there's really no difference in the, the, like everything else is the same. Um, it is a little bit easier to get out on that side, but I don't know if that's really the reason, you know, it's a shorter walk. It's like a hundred yards up the hill versus quarter mile mm-hmm. out the other direction. So, um, it may not even be a quarter mile, but it's, you know, a lot of up and down ridges, which I don't think, again, I don't know if that's necessarily it. I think it, they're probably just driven by food. Uh, they're going out that way. But last year when I got in there on the day I shot at my turkey and, <clears throat> I may have hit stick in between, <laughs> uh, hit the bird, but it mostly just surprised him. Uh, I've, I've told that story. I think I won't tell it again, but the, you know, the, I mean, I had tons of action on them coming back into the roost mm-hmm. and, uh, that's when I, I got the boss hen going and then she came in she was fighting right in front of me with this other hen. He comes in, would have been the biggest Tom I've probably, well, I don't know if he'd been the heaviest Tom, but really good bird, really good bird and would have been really happy with him. But, I'm going to, I'm probably going to do that game plan again, unless I, I want to get permission on that other side. Um, I would. To, yeah. The, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to, uh, I, the guy that I, um, hunt his property. I want to talk to him and see what he thinks. Uh, he's told me before, he's like, yeah, it's all cool. We all know each other. Like property lines, no big deal. Like yeah. if it's on the line, it's, it's not one of those like, Oh, I can't go right. into that property. And you're not, you're not asking to go halfway into his property. Mm-hmm. You're just like, Hey, there's 20 yards on the it's other side. It's literally 20 creek. yards makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. And so I'd like to get a little, cause if I could sit on the other side, that's the thing. If I could sit 20 yards on the other side of that, that, and then get them when they come back, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. I was going to go out and hang cameras this weekend. 
and I found out my spy points were in the, you know, how they, they had to disc, like, it wasn't them. The, the, the old ones got the disc, link, the link got discontinued on a lot of the cell services. And mm-hmm. that's why spy point had to do this big offering. Like I didn't buy any more because I wasn't sure if mine were going to get impacted. And cause they, they sent out an email two years ago saying, or a year, year and a half ago saying that these, these were going to be the cell service had changed and they weren't going to work anymore. And they were offering like really steep discounts because of it. Um, and so I found out the hard way this weekend that mine were not working. I get all my camera set up and I'm like, Oh, these won't connect anymore. So I pivoted and was like, well, I happen to know a place where I could get some uh, other cameras. So I bought, bought one, came over here and got it. And then, um, did not realize first that those take 12 batteries, not eight. So I had to go back Mm -hmm. home. Yeah. And then I go in the house, get, get, you know, the, uh, batteries come out, start setting it up. And then realized that the, the camera I bought, the Tacticam app does not, it, it tells you if your card is a good card or not. Like you pick the brand, you know, every card I had, it was like, this card might not work. And so I was like, I don't want to drive. I mean, it's gonna be a two hour process getting out there. And like, it would really suck to go out there and hang cameras that don't work. And so I couldn't find a card like I was looking online. Nobody had cards that I needed. So I spent 40 minutes this weekend doing literally nothing towards my trail camera project. So do well, we have you any got, cards back there? You got on the way. I don't think we have any cards in the warehouse. I already bought one. I'll have it yeah. today. Um, I bought it online. Um, but I bought the one that they said. Like, I went through, and it, it tells you this card may or may not work. Uh, and it can apparently impact if it will send. I don't know what the deal is, but it, I mean, I'm glad they do that. It's better than to find out the hard way. But I bought a card that it said it would work, so I'm gonna, I don't know, get out maybe this weekend and hang it, maybe some evening. Um, I'm kind of surprised they don't include one in the pro. I didn't buy the pro. Oh, okay. I just picked up the other one because the pro, the pro's nicer. Um, but for what it offers, like I was like, I don't really need that. I'll probably get a pro for my deer season because now I've got a. All my my spy points are dead, so I've, I've and, uh, I'm gonna buy the Tacticams uh, that we have here, and so I'll switch over to that and have all that on one plan. Um, Tacticams also got that unlimited plan coming out, the ten dollar plan, which is cool. Uh, I think that's coming later this summer. That Wait, what? They got an unlimited plan for ten bucks mm-hmm. that you can add. You can get as many photos and cameras on it as you want. You can get multiple cameras on one plan mm-hmm. as ten dollars a month. Yeah, that's what that's what they were saying, and that, it actually tells you that when you sign up, it's like, hey, the unlimited plan's coming this summer. So I'll probably buy a pro for my deer at that point. Uh, for this one, the, I was like, I'll I'll just get the Reveal X now because um, the differences are. I think you can. Uh, I know it records video, but it also has. Wait, weren't like, you at Gaos? Weren't isn't this committed to memory? <laughs> uh, Pro that's, has that's a, what Pro. I'm trying to run through right now, Dan. Uh, but then it has a little bit better uh, black flash. Like black it, flash, it, you get yeah. like 12 extra feet or something. It's not like a huge. They both difference. have video. Uh, yeah, yeah video. I think the it has the LCD screen. The LCD yeah. screen, and yeah. then but I think on, on this one, can't you? Is it only the Pro though that you can pull the 4K video to your phone? No. I think both. You they have both to do request that. Request the video through. The I app. thought there was something with the video feature too, um, so maybe it's not committed to memory, Dan. Uh, but the, anyways, the uh, I'll upgrade to the Pro. I'm, I'm going to run a couple cameras, and then I'll probably end up. I might even get a third one. I'm still really intrigued by uh, my urban hunt spot. I'm telling you, man. I saw that massive roadkill deer. I saw another large buck next to the road. I mean, and I'm talking. 
quarter mile from yeah. that spot. The the one I really want to hunt is the one that I got like serious poacher problems in. That's the one where my blind got trashed. Those guys were walking around with shotguns. Um, and I just don't know if I'm going to deal with that. I, I, that like that legit freaks me out a little bit to be out there, um, bow hunting when guy, I mean, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I could carry a pistol, but there you was three dudes with somebody. shotguns. Yeah. Well, there was three dudes walked into my, that property with shotguns and I'm just, and it's not, it's not a saddle friendly spot. There's no trees that I could saddle, um, on, on that property. Uh, but that, that seems to be the one that had the better deer on it, but I still think the other one has really good potential, um, it's, it's, it's tucked into a, a good spot and it's just a, uh, it's a bigger property. It's also right on a neighborhood, which I don't necessarily mind, but I've thought about that. I'm like, if I shoot a deer and it runs straight into somebody's like pool or something, that's going to be, Oh God. yeah. Hey, well, at least it'd be a good story for the podcast. That's right. That's right. So do, do at, it for the story as a Turkey newbie, when you're scouting for Turkey, they, they won't roost in the same tree every night correct they will same area generally generally yeah so you're it'll be different in the spring than where it is in the fall or it can be so you're just pretty much trying to see if there are any shootable turkeys on the property and then just generally what time they're being active not even i mean i i know there'll be turkeys on my 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 situation is a little different than his i'm just more curious of how many toms Mm -hmm. because i haven't i haven't run cameras now through deer season two i mean there were tons of turkeys out there um, I know there's turkeys there. They generally, well, I've got a Creek running through. They like roosting above creeks. Um, the, that's usually the best spot to start when you're looking, if you have running water. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's all about food. I mean, they're going to move out to where they can get food. And so if you start scouting now, you can find when they come through and, and there's six or eight of them, they'll make a mess. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll dig out big spots. Um, if you, if you know what you're looking for, you can find them, uh, especially this time of year, like deer aren't necessarily going to make, it'll look like a scrape when they come through digging for food. Um, and then you'll find turkey poop and you know, you're, you're but you're really, I've also learned that they'll also travel. I mean, they, they're often taking the path, path of least resistance too on, on the properties I've hunted my experience with turkeys, which is way, no way less than some of the people we talk to, but they seem to travel like the same general areas of path of least resistance. So, you know, the, the, the areas I find them are pretty similar to where the deer are coming through. Now they'll, they might wander off a little bit because there's food, you know, they're right. eating bugs or something. Um, but that's, that's where I'm going to start. The best thing I've found to do is what I told Jacob though, is just go out at sunrise and, you know, take a crow call and see if where like right this time of year, they'll, they'll, they'll shock gobble. So, yeah. Yeah. I recommend since we're on the topic of turkeys, that if you have not given a listen to, Paul's how to hunt turkey podcast mm. that he just started highly even if you have been turkey hunting it oh, is I'm sure I would learn a ton such great stories and it's not they do some tactic stuff they do like gear stuff too it's kind of the full gamut um, but just listening to these guys and their approach to stuff and um, what I would consider like old school minded turkey hunters and it's it's a really cool podcast I've enjoyed listening to it so far and some of the people he has on there um I think some of them run podcasts, write books and that kind of stuff, but they're all like super chill, very laid back people. They're not flamboyant characters at all. And so it's, it's a pretty sweet listen. What's, what's the name of the podcast? How to hunt Turkey. Can you self-explanatory? Can you tell like a Turkey nest 
roost from another one other than like seeing the turkey in it right i mean yeah but they'll, they'll roost in all kinds of different trees even well I they mean, they mm-hmm. nest on the ground roosting right. trees yeah yeah so oh, well, you okay, won't okay, see okay. like a bird nest traditional bird no. nest in a tree but you can oh, find oh okay they okay. there are certain things to look for you know they're going to pick an open ish tree that they can get into mm-hmm. uh you know branch size matters like they're going to they're going to be looking for something that they can lock on to because when, mm-hmm. when they lock on there, they're, they're, they're locked. Mm-hmm. Like the wind and stuff won't pull them off because they're, they actually will lock onto the branch. So they want something they can actually get around. Mm-hmm. But I've seen them in all kinds of different trees. I know the pros that you'll talk to will know a little bit better of what to look for with that. But, um, you know, generally, uh, like on that creek bed, um, they're up in some sycamores where I'm at. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got some of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just where I'm seeing them, but they almost, I mean, it's the same dozen trees every year where I'm at that okay. in the spring doesn't mean it'll always be like that. That's just, it seems to be like, it's got moving water. It's close to the food source. You know, they've got some open field that they can get up into. I know there's turkeys there though. I'm just really mm-hmm. curious to see what's out there. And it would be nice to Dan's point. It would be nice to make sure that they're moving up through that spot at least like every three days um, would be would be nice. I, I have tried turkey hunting on the other side where I used to see them on camera, but it was like every 10 days I'd see a bunch come through. Hmm. And I've just, through experience, have learned over by closer to the roost is better. But then, too, scouting, like trying to come up with a game plan of how you're going to get – if you're going to morning hunt them, you want to get in as close as you can. Uh, how are you going to get in there, you know, how um, – what's the game plan going to be even on a property you hunt all the time, like mine, you know, getting in there and trying to figure out a path in is still important because, because obviously fields change, you know, as things grow and change every year. Have you turkey hunted ever? Mm -hmm. Well, Derek and I went out. Okay. I don't know. Five, five days. Wow. Like every, like every weekend for five days. Have you experienced turkeys gobbling? Yeah. Okay. I was going to awesome. say, like, you should totally come out to the farm with me when I go one morning soon to, if you had not, but you're yeah. still welcome to, but yeah, that, that experience, just like hearing them gobble in the morning, getting them to respond. Yeah, it's cool. We, we saw a bunch too. We just couldn't call them in, into shooting range, unfortunately, but. Easterns uh, are tough. Yeah. They, they are tough to pull <laughs> in. Uh, well, that's what I was wondering with, uh, with the trail cams, cause we would set up one spot and. Derek would be like, oh, yeah, I saw some here last week, and we'd see nothing. And then walking out of his property, we'd see some. So then we'd set up there, and then there'd be nothing. So I just didn't think that they were um, as habitual as a deer is as far as, you know, I guess if you have a really well-determined game trail, like what you're saying you have on your property, the chances are pretty good. But on Derek's property, which is just a ton of, of open fields, trying to choose where to set up, seems kind of like a crap shoot so. well in one of the episodes on on the how to hunt turkey podcast i forget who the guest was but he was kind of diving into a little bit of the difference and how they react to weather wind sun cloud cover rain like all this stuff and where it dictates where they go for the day mm-hmm. or where you know where they hang out and i i'd never some of this stuff you know it's like if it's raining they're gonna go where they can see better so they'll go out to the fields and some of this stuff i'd never even thought of i just go set yeah. up on a field with my decoys out there and call and weren't hope. we talking about on slack patterning shotguns was that yes, you that saying me. that yeah i need to go do that weren't didn't you say we all need to go somewhere yeah we can go out to the farm okay which one are you going to go to the new one new one yeah y'all can check it out and see it cool 
Yeah, I'm in. I haven't go out there and shoot. I didn't pattern last year, and maybe I should have. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm I'm actually debating. <laughs> I'm debating taking the red dot off of my shotgun and just using the bead. Um, I mean, but most of the time, that's the longest shot I'd ever taken on a turkey. Usually, I I'm like 15 yards. You, it's kind of difficult to miss. So I also feel like I'm seeing. Uh, personality change in you maybe after the trailer lock incident or when you realize you should have done something last year and the next year rolls around oh you haven't heard my deer hunting because uh, i even i called it i called what i was going to do uh i ended up getting a good buck but at, like on a podcast back in august i was like i'm going to do no prep i'm going to go out i'm going to figure out the whole thing in action and i'm going to shoot whatever shows up and that's what i did i ended up with a nice buck but uh i had to put together my game plan in real time turkey's a little different same on where thing. i'm at uh, where i'm at there's really the turkeys i'm hunting a 75 acre plot the turkeys hang out in 25 acres of it they're either there or they're not right. now i did the difference is i went out there with tony caggiano on that sweepstakes and Tony can pull a bird. Like, I can't – like that's what I was saying. Like, you and Derek can pull, try to pull a bird, but Tony just knows every trick in the book. I watched that guy call that turkey for an hour and a half. And we – I've told this story before, but just – just uh, like he would call, and these three young birds would come up the hill from where I'm always trying to pull them from. And they would gobble, gobble, gobble. Like young – you could tell they were younger birds. Uh, and then the big boss bird would call – and it was like gobble, 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 like so raspy, the raspiest bird I've ever heard. And it was obviously stuck. It had a, Tony was pretty sure it had a hen with it. We couldn't see it, but it was a hundred yards away and we could hear it spitting and drumming. Like, and Tony's like, that is a monster bird. If we can hear it that far away, like the fact, cause it's like, you know, they do that, that weird. Uh, have you heard that? Mm-hmm. You ever heard that? If once you hear that in person, that. when you hear it, in, it's it's something that you Dude, can. It changes your blood flow. You you can. It, it does. Insane. It rewires your brain. Is to it where pretty loud? It's it is, but it isn't. Like uh, you can't There's really like hear it until the ominous they, sound to it too. Like mm. it's, it's yeah, it's it's weird because it's also hard to pinpoint. Um, but once you've heard it, they'll it's like a, and and they'll they'll run. Maybe like, I haven't heard that. It, you have to be close. Yeah. I mean, usually it's like 50 yards and in. You'll hear it when they're – it's when they're swollen up and they're pacing around. Yeah. But you'll hear a like a like a suck sound almost, and then they'll, they'll kind of – it's called spitting and drumming. And then – so we could hear that bird for forever way. Tony pulled out every – at times I was like, this dude is getting way too aggressive. And then at times I was like, holy crap, will you call? You know, I, w- I would have been just calling consistently. But it was such – like watching him, I learned a lot just from that one hunt of what everything I do wrong, which the next year I, I did really good at calling last year for my skill set. I can't do like work the whole range of calls as well as he could. But with the diaphragm, I was really proud of like attacking the hens and talk from talking to him and a, a couple other guys like Scott, I've, I've learned of when to be aggressive and when not. Um, but that makes a huge difference on if you can pull the, the boss hen in, you know, and, and she brings uh, the, that one I did last year brought the other hen with her, and then the tom just came running in because his hens were leaving him. And uh, but watching Tony pull, I was like, I'll never be able to do that. It's like you're watching. You're, it's like playing basketball with an NBA player, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I got the pot call down pretty good last year. I think this year I'm gonna try the diaphragm. Just learning. Derek Start now, man, because it's a musical that. instrument. I mean, yeah. they all are, but like the mastering a diaphragm is is takes practice what i usually think? just carry them in my car when i'm driving and just do it i mean with no one else in there because you're gonna blow their ears out if you're solo though you probably need the diaphragm right 
Because, yeah, like, I, can you do the pot call and then, like, you gotta pick up your gun? You just need to set up smart, have your gun shouldered. Yeah. It a stick. really just all depends on your setup. I mean, some people will hunt with a little pop-up blind in front of them, and you can, do, you know, you can work a pot call in front of you. Right. But, yeah, the diaphragm's nice because, you know, I was calling. Um, it's the only way you can call and see the bird because if you can see right. them, they can definitely see you. Right. So you're just, you know, just a little bit of movement right here, which you usually have a, mm-hmm. a mask up, so. But yeah, those I'm are stressed out about it. No, no, you should, you should get, do we, we have some wood havens here, don't we? Mm, do I don't think we have any diaphragms. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they're on our website. Grab a couple of those and just start playing with them. The mm-hmm. other thing I'll tell you too, it might take you a while to find a brand that fits you really well. Um, I've, I've been through like three or four brands before I really would haven, you know, or are they, those work really well for me. Um, but I've, I've kind of, I'm through talking to other people, like just finding one that fits your palate. Uh, you might have to cut it down, you know, um, Dan, Dan's a large, large man, you, you probably got a large palette. So you want to, I've got a trash palette, but. trash palette. Uh, uh, Ted Boogie has a video on it does. how to make one out of latex yeah. glove. Um, disturbing. Yeah. Very disturbing. Yeah. Well, better yeah. glove than other things. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what other things are you talking about? Other <laughs> forms of latex. <laughs> Interesting, uh, but yeah, weather's getting nice now. I think Wednesday's gonna be seventy-five. Dude, the peepers were out this weekend. When I hear the peepers, that's, that's a peeper, huh? Spring peepers, the frogs. Oh, oh, I thought okay. you were talking about birds. I thought no. you were talking about like pedophiles. People. Yes, <laughs> spring peepers. Come on, guys, <laughs> the pedophiles. Spring, <laughs> the peepers were out. People at the, at the window with their yeah. binoculars. Yeah. Uh, no, spring peepers. Little little. High pitched croaky frogs you hear in the springtime. I've mm. never heard Dude, of that. Dude, peepers and turkeys, like that is spring. That is the sounds of spring. That must be a Kentucky thing. I've never heard of that phrase, peepers. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Not, for that's you. not North Carolina. We didn't say peepers. There's peepers mm. in North Carolina. I'm sure there are, but I never heard anyone refer to them as peepers. Yeah. Yeah. They call them pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The petties. Um, but no, so we're, I think. I'm probably this week on Slack going to try to get a bunch of us to go out, do that uh, Dix River kayak trip, which is my favorite in Kentucky. And then we need to go back up to the falls. We went, you weren't there. That was fun. I wasn't there yet. But that's a good, you can do a half day on that, you know, because it's in town. I really want to do that Dix trip because I've fished the Kentucky River up to the mouth of the Dix and kind of as far in you can go a little bit, but... The amount of species back there that you can catch is and just very just floating out on the Kentucky, and you're going under that high bridge where there's those big pylons, and it's forty foot deep there. And I'm sure there's some river monsters. I would pay money to know what was on. That's, that's fine. I would pay money to know what was on that catfish rod I found because I think it was still possibly hooked. I think it, oh. something picked it up, went to the bottom. And that rod just got popped out of their boat at night, and they didn't know. Yeah, I mean, oh, you found a rod. I found a that was catfish rod. On it? Yeah, dude, I, I I pulled and pulled. I went above because usually if it's stuck, you can go upstream and pull it. It wouldn't come out. And I, I'm on a kayak, so I had no leverage to be able to pull a 60 pound fish off the bottom if that's what it was. So I had to cut the line. It was a really expensive setup, but I'm like, I am never going to use this thing. I just didn't want to leave it in the water. A, it's trash, uh, but. B. I'm like, this is a really expensive catfishing setup. So I got back to the the uh, the takeout, and there was this dude standing there fishing. And I was like, you ever catfish? He's like, yeah. I was like, I just found this, and I am guessing this reel alone is like a multi-hundred dollar reel. 
I mean, it's a super nice, huge, it looked like a saltwater setup. Yeah. And, um, the rod was some kind of catfish specific brand. It was like nine foot tall, massive, sturdy rod. And I was like, you want this thing? He's like, oh yeah, dude. He took it. He like starts playing with it right there. Uh, but uh, whatever was on there. I think I'll, I, I had this experience. Derek had this experience and Braden lost all of his line of hooking up to a horror movie monster that just sucks out all your line. <laughs> well, for the, me, it was sucked it out, hit some drag, try to stop the drag, pop the lure off. Derek, I think it sucked out all of his line, and then he was able to get the lure free. But you guys were talking about, you're like, dude, these fish are hitting like salt water. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go try. Like, I went up there. Remember, they bent the hook. Like, the the we were casting into that flow out and like you know you're not getting snagged on anything because no. there's nothing to get snagged on right there yeah. and it would hit and it's like pull you up and you're trying to fight it back and literally the multiple times i brought yeah. up hooks that were bent mine was you know it was going down with the flow of the water which was pretty quick but then all of a sudden you feel that set and it just goes <laughs> yeah the other direction some, yeah, yeah, it's insane takes i will definitely go back if we go there that was really fun i did terrible that day i don't think i caught a fish uh i caught some fish i've also about broke my tailbone you did. four times yeah it's i i would have to think through that i'm not again. Bring, i'm not bringing cross kicks that's for sure <laughs> the i don't know what i would wear but it, i would think through that again i think i had cross kicks on i too. might i might I'd, wear my wading boots. yeah i would I, wear felt bottom yeah i think boots. felt bottom boots would be better um but it, it was a good time it was fun all right well uh i don't think w- the four of us didn't do a whole lot this week it sounds like so besides a little bit of prepping on in the gardening and whatnot so we'll we'll cut this one out uh got dan hood erica johnson brad luttrell and jacob knight here make sure you log this on go out hit plus log time you can find our show up top it's uncensored you can pick which episode you're listening to and then you'll get points to earn for rewards which you can redeem in our shop if you're not shopping with us why why not i don't know why you wouldn't do that you, you can uh support support the podcast support the brand um and and usually find some really good deals if you got rewards or even if not so check out the shop you can go to either shop tab on your app or shop gowild.com all right thanks tons guys of fishing stuff coming oh oh yeah yeah we do have tons. a lot of like tons like butt tons right yep like uh metric butt tons so yep. uh we also have i had a guy messaging me on the platform asking about uh, a couple brands like badlands which is coming so yep. badlands will be here soon and then uh we have an, a probably another 40,000 pro 30,000 products we're about to add here in the next couple months. They'll be mostly gun related stuff, firearm related stuff. Our, you know uh, what? Our people love guns and firearm yeah. related Another stuff. Another good thing about fishing. If you looked at fishing last year, we were bundling a bunch of lures together to make shipping make sense. Now we're not doing that because we do charge for less than $50 shipping. Yeah, we had but, to, <laughs> but that means, but that means if you're buying a tacticam and you also just want one pack of lures, you can just buy one pack yep. of lures to, as an add on and, and not have to buy these bundles that we were creating, uh, last year. So steps in the right direction based on member feedback. Yep. All right. Thanks y'all. We're out. Bye.